Joining me next is Jonathan Asante of First State Stewart, one of the co-managers for the Worldwide Opportunities Fund. Jonathan, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. I wanted to start by asking you about how you construct a relatively concentrated portfolio from such a big universe of global shares. Yeah, that's it's a very broad question, but I think the first thing to say is that we have a very broad experience and quite a strong investment philosophy and ideas about where it, where it is best to invest. So the first thing to say, we start we start with ourselves and what we are as investors, because we believe that's the best way to make acceptable returns for clients without taking too much risk in the long term. And philosophically, we prefer companies that tend to have brands. We prefer private companies with long records. We think a lot about uh, the long-term ownership of those companies and whether the managers are managing those companies sufficiently at the right time horizon, which we define to be a long time horizon, and with shareholders in mind. I would say that we also have a couple of underpinnings to what we've been doing for many years, I'd say many decades, and that's the idea that the developing world is um, going to get richer over time. There are obviously there, there are always bumps in that road. It's not a smooth journey, but certainly that people there will get richer, and that will drive a lot of volume growth for businesses globally. And secondly, that the, the, the whole process of them getting richer is going to impose constraints on the planet, if you like, and constraints on resources in a way that didn't happen when the West industrialized, simply because the economies of China and India are just so large. And so we spend a lot of time thinking about what can go wrong. And that's, that's if you like, some of the long-term constraints of what we're very, very focused on. And companies that are focused on, that, on those as well are the ones we want to give, give clients money to for the long term. So there are, there are a number of elements to it, but really it's falling back on what we are philosophically, as we always would. The final thing to say is we invest our, our own capital alongside clients in the funds that we run for the medium term. We hope that that aligns us to, to, to a large extent with them and their interests. And John, given the fact that you do invest your own capital and, and my knowledge that the cash weighting in the funds is relatively high at the present time, does that in your mind reflect a lack of new opportunities for you and the team? Yeah, I think it's a very good question. It allows me to explain a number of things about the way that we think about investing. And these are not glib points. They're very, very important to, to me personally as a fund manager and to the team. We don't start with an index when we build a portfolio. We have to beat an index in the medium and long term. But in order to do that, we don't start with the index. And so when an index becomes hijacked by one country or one sector, as we've seen it, I've seen happen in many, on many occasions, you know, that's not something that affects the way we invest. The second thing to say, in order to produce these acceptable returns in the medium term, is that we concentrate very much on companies. And almost the overwhelming, you know, factor as an investor that I have to cope with and have had to cope with in the last five years and 10 years is the merging of the developed and the developed world. So where a company is listed uh, doesn't tell you as much as it used to about where its economic exposure really is. So, um, you know, you can have lots of companies, this in the UK, in the US, in Europe, which actually have very, very significant businesses somewhere else in the world and, and vice versa. So um, I think that's a complicating factor, but it's one to be aware of. The companies that we invest in tend to be uh, really quite broadly spread and they're multinational companies and they have exposure to the US, they have exposure to Europe, they have exposure, a lot of exposure to developing countries. It doesn't matter where they're listed, really. Uh, and you talk about the, the overlap between the develop and the developing world. Obviously, you, you, you run the Global Emerging Markets Fund for the Climate System Changes Place as well. How much have you been able to leverage off the themes that the, you've pursued in that portfolio within the Global Equity Fund as well? I would say that almost all the holdings come from my experience as an investor, which started out in emerging markets, well, really started thinking about it 20 years ago. And so I'd, I'd say the entire portfolio really comes from my views about emerging markets and, and about the sort of companies that we've seen there. At the company level, 
um, the most obvious companies are the largest holdings. Unilever has, uh, you know, a majority of its business in the developing world. Henkel has uh, nearly the majority of its business in the developing world and certainly will have uh, in, in, in five years' time. So even the largest holdings, are, although they're listed in Germany and they may be listed in the UK, they're, they've certainly got a, a very strong eye on the developing world because there's six billion people who ultimately are going to get richer and ultimately the volume growth has to come from that. It was more likely to come from that than a very indebted a developed world getting richer. And one of the last one final question, if I may, you, you describe Unilever, but you've got another number of other consumer staple stocks in the in the portfolio or consumer facing stocks. What attracts you to those businesses at the current time, particularly uh, as they have had quite a good run over the past couple of years as well? Yeah, it's a good question. I think we have a, a bias to consumer staples companies across the portfolios and we have had, well, I, I've always had. And what attracts us to them, firstly, they tend to be privately run, not for government. They tend to they tend to need to be run privately because there's hundreds of little decisions being made in those companies every day that is probably not best suited to government. They tend to have long track records. Uh, most importantly, the franchises have brands, which gives you some pricing power. The world is a very unpredictable place in the future. And if you think inflation could take off, then you want to have a bit of pricing power. So these are the everyday brands. We're not talking about luxury goods companies. We're talking about shampoo and everyday foods. And so the, the final thing is they're very, very spread. And they're very broad. So, you know, if, if a bit of their business has a problem in one region, they can often compensate in another region. So they're, they're truly global businesses. We don't invest in all consumer staples companies. You know, the, the, the main holdings are consumer staples companies, but they tend to have managements which are either improving or we, we hope will improve. Certainly that has been the case with Henkel. And certainly that was the case and is the case with Unilever in the last five years. And often we look for long-term shareholders behind them. You can't always get that because the long-term view allows them to pursue commercial strategies that the short, that short-term shareholders wouldn't allow them to pursue, uh, to forego short-term profits for long-term profits. And you certainly need that in the game of branding, I, I would say. So they, these tend to be companies that uh, they're, they're very solid. The cash flows are not very cyclical. So when there's a downturn, you know, the, the cash flows don't fall very much. So they're not very risky. I guess the final point about them really is there's a whole load of tailwinds in the developing world that these companies can take advantage of, not because they've just arrived there, but because they've been there for many, many, many decades. And we much prefer companies that have been in their markets for many, many decades and can understand them. That tends to be something that we look for. Really interesting as ever. Jonathan Santi, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Chris. Any views and opinions expressed are solely those of the individuals and are subject to change. Where individual securities are mentioned, they do not necessarily represent a specific portfolio holding and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase or sell. Please be aware that past performance is not indicative of future performance. The value of an investment may fall as well as rise and you may get back less than you invested. Returns on equities cannot be guaranteed. Equities do not provide the security of capital characteristic of a deposit with a bank or building society.